Hi there. You're listening to the Bridal Beauty Business Podcast. This is a show all about the bridal hair and makeup business. From frequently asked questions about contracts and clients to some serious debates on topics we seem to be divided about as industry professionals. And of course, interviews with our mentors and inspiration. Now, I don't have all the answers, nor do I pretend to, but what I am great at is asking questions and finding a tribe of like-minded individuals who are passionate about what they do and they want to share and help others do the same. Today, we're diving in deep with Bridal Hair Couture by Katie to talk about the power of the consultation or what some people refer to as the trial. Why do you need one? Should it be mandatory? What should you be asking? There is so much value in my chat with Katie and I'm so excited for you to hear this one. Hello. Hi. It's nice to chat with you. Congratulations you on the launch of your new course first Thanks. before anything else. Thank you so much. Are you excited for it? I am. Like, I'm really excited. Uh, I put a lot more work into this class this year. Well, not to say I didn't put work in the last <laughs> one, but, but you know, you learn every time you do a class, like, okay, next time I'm going to do this. Or I want to do that. And I always want to do something different. I don't want to repeat myself in anything. So it was a little stressful, <laughs> but it's, I'm just moving you around because I put a ring light on because the lighting in my basement is bad. I have to sit in my basement because um, my children are around. <laughs> yeah, I figured at 8 o'clock, I'm like, Coral's trying to go to bed right now. I figured your kids are going to be going to bed soon or running around yeah. upstairs. <laughs> yeah. So what, what do you think has like, been the biggest change from your last course to this course? Um, I'm simplifying uh, I'm not kind of doing the same like bells and whistles that I did last year, like some of the frills with the class, because I just found it ended up not really being important from what the feedback was from like a lot of the students, yeah. some of the little elements. So I've just sort of tried to capture the meat of what I think is important when it comes to learning techniques and styles and focusing more <clears throat> time and energy into that still keeping certain elements that I found students really loved about my class from last year but you know this year I'm just switching some stuff up and there's gonna be some surprises too <laughs> some things that students don't know is going to happen well, it's I'm not- super excited because your last class yeah. was awesome. I was lucky I got to take it. And I can't even imagine how much better it's going to be if you're changing things Thanks. up and putting more thought into it. So I'm yeah. excited. And you, got, you had a great, like, first reaction to it as well, right? Yeah, I did. I had a couple little, you know, um, glitches, little few little errors with dates. I put some wrong <laughs> dates out and oh, no. didn't realize, you know, I had a bunch of different things going on because right now the comp- I'm kind of going through rebranding as well with and it was supposed to all be done at the same time which is insane I think I was a bit ambitious with that whole thing uh but I'm getting a new website built and so I've been trying to get that done and obviously wanted to have the workshop ready for that at the same time so that I could launch it all at the same time it didn't happen so a few errors but it's all been fixed (laughs) so I've (laughs) quite literally been stuck to my iPad for the last 48 hours, <laughs> just emailing everybody and trying to make sure everyone got all the right information and stuff. So 
but it's good. It's all worth it. I know. And the one thing I love that you, even though you're waiting to do the rebrand, you're waiting for the website that you didn't hold off on launching the course. You just like, it just, everyone goes back to progress over perfection. So yeah. you still did it, which it's is true. like the biggest thing. Cause you got to hold off. <laughs> I had to, otherwise like artists were going to start banging down my door. Cause I was supposed to have it out like two weeks ago. And you're so happen. overdue. I think you should have had it yeah. out like last year, yeah. super <laughs> overdue, but okay. Two weeks ago. Yeah. Okay. I know we're short on time today. So I'm going to try to knock the frills off of my mm. questions that I would usually ask you. But since we just got into you, talking. I will stop you. I yeah. do have a little extra time because my husband got home. Yes. Um, so we have so more than 20 we, minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so we can take a little bit longer because he's up with the kids right now. So okay. if you need to. Yeah, it's all good. All right. So let's tell the listeners who you are. Like, How did you get into hair? Tell us about you and your story and how you started. Okay. Well, I kind of... Um, I didn't always know I wanted to do hair, uh, but it did kind of the, the passion for the industry kind of started when I was really young, uh, but I didn't really know it. So I was probably around 10 years old and my mom was really into, you know, getting her hair done and all that sort of stuff. And I would always go with her to the salon. And there's this one salon she used to go to and I would go along with her and this stylist that she would see Robert Terranova I still remember his name he was like so eccentric and like colorful and just a pleasure to be around he reminded me of Prince like he was like that you know and I just remember being like really inspired every time I go in there and thinking that you know I want to be a part of this world like this looks like fun you know because everybody that worked in the salon were just really excited to be there and they were creative and it was just really cool and this is back in the 90s okay yeah so um and I had this thing from a very young age this passion for um fashion so passion I can remember fashion. I, passion for fashion <laughs> so I remember uh my best friend and I just being obsessed with like 90s runways supermodels you know Claudia Schiffer Cindy Crawford and Campbell we would like save their pictures out of magazines and stick them on our walls and um it was sort of that combined with this exposure to this sort of hair industry with my mom being so you know around that all the time that I just started feeling like I really want to be a part of this industry in some way the fashion industry but I'm not somebody who likes to be on the, in the spotlight or the front line. So I like the behind the scenes stuff. I like the idea of like creating something and putting it out there and seeing it up somewhere <laughs> on a runway. And um, anyway, so that was on the back of my mind. But as I got into like high school and started thinking about my career, I was actually pursuing fashion design. I thought I would do that. Um, and then I got into grade 10 and we had like work placement, which is like work experience, which they do in Australia in grade 10. Yeah, they and have that here too. I think we call it co-op. They do co it in grade 10, grade 11, yeah. then they do it again in college. Yeah, you just for two weeks, you go and you work somewhere and you get a bit of a sense of like what you might do when you leave school. So <clears throat> because I always sort of thought the hair industry was cool, like I'd really like to go and work in a salon um, and where I lived at the time in Australia was a little country town and there really wasn't much you know to choose from as far as like especially with what I wanted to do <laughs> so I thought like hey here's kind of the next best thing 
Um, so I'm going to go do that. So I managed to get some work experience at this one salon and it was amazing. I mean, I was only really sweeping floors and like cleaning product shelves and, you know, packing up from the different clients who'd been in the salon and stuff like that. But I just loved the vibe and I was just really inspired by what was going on and how these artists working in the salon were just had this confidence to sort of take someone and just transform them. And the reaction that, you know, the clients would have, like it was like this superpower. <laughs> I, I totally you know? get that. I feel like everyone in the bridal industry or in the, in the beauty industry is in it because of that reaction. Like there is yeah. something about that reaction that makes it all worthwhile. Yeah, that's it. So, um, yeah, I mean, it really inspired me. And then um, I guess before my co-op ended, uh, I got offered a job. What? Yeah, so you were great the, ten at the time. Yeah, yeah I was what <laughs> 16, 17, yeah, 17. And you know, um I'm like, yeah. And at the time I hated school. And I'm like, this is so much more fun than school. <laughs> so uh, you know, they said, Well, why don't we put you on probation sort of thing and have you come in and you could do weekends and see what you think. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. My parents like the sound of that because they didn't really like the idea of me finishing school early yeah. because in Australia you can, you can actually, if you get a traineeship or apprenticeship, you can actually leave the end of grade 10. Um, as long as you're doing like a further education, tertiary education. So um, I'm like, okay. So anyway, it kind of just, you know, unraveled into this full-time job. I left school, stayed working at this one place and, you know, I, I don't want to kind of tell you everything, but from then on, I sort of had worked in a lot of different salons. I, I ended up finishing my apprenticeship. It's a four year apprenticeship in Australia before you actually get licensed. So I did my college, my two years of college. Um, I got my certificate, you know, I was cutting and coloring and working in lots of different salons. And there was one particular salon. I ended up moving cities and I started working in this one place. And that was kind of when I started thinking, okay, I don't want to just be an in salon hairstylist. It's boring. <laughs> I love like clients and, and that, but at the everyday stuff is just, you know, a little bit monotonous and it's a lot of hours on your feet. And for me, it just got bored very easily. And I'm like, I really want to do stuff that's more artistic, more edgy. So I started competing in a lot of competitions, a lot of editorial competitions um, in the hair industry, just through like product companies that, you know, um, when I worked in the salons that I worked in, you know, we would have access to all these different events that were going on through like Goldwell and KMS and all that. So, you know, I got more involved in the runway stuff as well. I did some fashion week stuff in Australia behind the scenes stuff. And that just was like, I was in my zone. And that's kind of when I knew I'm like, okay, I can't just do basic hair. I have to do something that involves, you know, something that's eye catching that people they don't, they notice the hair when they see it. So, you know, um, and it wasn't really long after that whole career really started taking off and I was doing really well, got some really great opportunities through, um, I came second in the country for a, um, lights camera action competition, which was like a photographic competition for so a style that I did. Second in all of Australia. Yeah. That's just amazing. This category. Yeah, it was just this competition that was running through Goldwell that I did. And I came and Goldwell isn't a nobody. Like, that's a big company name as yeah. well. 
<laughs> yeah, but that was right at the time I met my husband. So he came over from Canada and we met and uh, through my family, my sister actually married his cousin and uh, we ended up getting together and, you know, my kind of career got put on hold. Um, we, you know, before he ended up coming back to Canada, I found out I was expecting. So our son, Chris, he's now 12. <laughs> um, and so that sort of put like a pause on everything for me. Um, I kind of leapt into motherhood at a very young age after I met Craig and, um, how old were you then? I was at that point I was 24. Okay. So I was young, you know, yeah, not and that young either. It depends on the culture. <laughs> it's, it's kind of yeah, in the middle there. When you said true. young, I'm like, were you 18? Were you 16? <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay. No, I think I was young in mind too. Cause you know, yeah. I was having, it was the season of my life. I was really having fun with my job and I was yeah. you know, enjoying all of that sort of stuff. Right. Um, so I had to grow up very fast because of that. And so, you know, everything kind of got put on hold for a bit and I ended up, coming to Canada my husband and I had our daughter and uh, she's now 10 and then we decided to get married <laughs> we, <thought laughs> we better get married <laughs> um, so we got married and then I was pregnant with my third because I have four children I was pregnant with Jonah and that's when I started to really miss the industry because I had been off work for quite a while I was full-time at home at that point my husband was working and I was actually going to leave the industry. I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't want to do hair anymore. I was loving being a mom, um, you know, full-time mom thing. It was great. Uh, but I think I got a little stir crazy at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I, that's kind of when Instagram and social media really exploded. You know, that's when it was sort of picking up. And I remember starting this Instagram account and started following hairstylists and I started seeing these amazing hair artists starting up these beauty companies that just specialize in bridal. And I'm like, that's awesome. I just want to do bridal. <laughs> like, <laughs> my whole career, I would hang out for a Saturday where I'd, I'd get a wedding and I get to style a wedding, you know, because back when I started doing hair, there were no like, bridal beauty specialist you just went to a salon to have your hair done on your wedding day right you didn't really mm -hmm. get anyone where this was all they did this is still relatively new a lot of people I find like especially where I am now a lot of people are like oh you come to us we didn't know that was even an option people are still going to salons simply because they don't know better they don't yeah. know that it's still an option it's true right so there was this one artist and I still love her I'm obsessed with her her name's Natalie Ann and in Australia and I started following her and this was when she was still doing hair out like she's huge now she's got mm. education she's got a product line she's got everything you know she's amazing but when I started following her she was still working out of her garage in her home and she was posting pictures of her work and I was just obsessed I'm like I love this girl she's so inspiring her style was very, like it was bridal, but it was very fashion forward and edgy and sexy. You know, it wasn't this sort of like predictable, romantic, boho like stuff that <laughs> you see on Pinterest. You're so over really, it. <laughs> I'm so over it. <laughs> and I was like, that's, that's me. That is, that's what I do. I'm, that's my style. Like, that's what I want to be. And, uh, um, yeah. 
I just decided that's it. You know what? If I could do weddings on weekends, I could still be home with my kids during the week when my husband's working. This is going to work. So I met a couple of makeup artists who are Australian who got me some gigs, got me some weddings. And I started posting my work. Uh, and now that I look back at it, I'm like, oh my God. So oh, no. <laughs> is this while you were still in Australia or was this when no, you had moved no, here? No, this is here. Okay. I was living here. And I look back now and I'm like, oh, geez, you know, it wasn't very good because I, <laughs> I hadn't been working in a long time, you know, so. And how did it feel like starting after not doing it for so long? It's really scary. I feel like when you have a baby or you, you know, become a mother and it's like it almost hits a restart button a little bit. It's not like you forget who you are, but. Oh, no, you do. <laughs> you, Yeah, <laughs> well, I guess so in a way, but. I mean, I never felt like I forgot who I was, but at the same time, I felt like I lost a little confidence because you feel a bit vulnerable um, as a mother. There's a lot of pressure when you go back into, you know, any industry because, you know, people expect you to still have it all together. But in the back of your mind, you're thinking about your kids, you think about your husband, you think about, I've got to make sure before I go to work, I do this and this and this. And it's just a whole other level of like anxiety. So I couldn't, you know, initially focus so much on it because there were so many other things in the back of my mind. But as my kids got older and I, of course, as I was doing more weddings and more work, you know, I refined my skills a lot better and I did some education and, um, you know, my confidence kind of came back, um, you know, so... I think that's so important because I found the same thing, like after moving to Ottawa, having a baby, taking a year or two, kind of almost not doing it as often anymore, I literally forgot how to do makeup for a little while. And it wasn't until I reinvested into education, did another training course. I'm just like, oh, okay. I remember what I was doing and I found like a new style that I loved and I felt more confident again. But for a couple of faces in between, I was just like, oh, shoot. Like they're booking me based on this work, but I ain't executing that work right now. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> It's true. You feel a little intimidated to be able to meet, you know, the standard you used to meet because, you know, your brain kind of has to reset to be a mom for a bit mm -hmm. and focus on that. Right. So, but yeah, it's, um, so that was, you know, when I got, I guess, started my business officially, that was like about 2010. And then, you know, it just sort of, um, started growing. And I mean, social media has been a huge part of that. I don't think it would have the same um, opportunities or exposure if it wasn't for that because I work alone. And, you know, back when I started hair, you didn't really ever build a business or a name unless you worked in the right places. But you also but, have to do it the right <clears throat> way. I find there's a lot of people out there that have are either solo or working with the team, but they're not building a brand and they're not building a business. But you put yourself out there you share, you teach information. And I think that's really what's helping it. Like you want everyone else to learn as well and everyone yeah. else to be creating. And I think because you're genuine, that's why you're growing. Mm, thanks. Other people just put out work and it's like, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but you're yeah. doing something right. You have something figured out over there. Thanks. So I know that you always, and when I did my training with you, you always put such an importance on the trial. Like this was a major deal breaker for you. It was so key in your entire bridal process. So mm -hmm. I want to know, why do you think trials are so important when it comes to bridal work? Um, it's mainly because, you know, I don't think brides understand what the day, the wedding day is really going to be like. And I mean, we do it all the time. And I'll be honest, it, 
generally flows the same way for every wedding <laughs> I find. Whether It doesn't matter who the client is. It's always that, you know, um, a series of things that kind of happen throughout the morning. And it's, it's not stressful, I don't think. Um, but if you're not organized and you haven't asked all the questions beforehand and you haven't prepared beforehand, it just turns into a nightmare. And I mean, hair and makeup, you know, is the ultimate thing on your wedding day as a woman. It, it's the one thing you have the most anxiety about and you want to be, feel, you know, secure that you know what's going on. So I feel like if you walk into a wedding and you aren't prepared on every detail or, you know, aspect of the look, there's a good chance you're going to ruin someone's wedding day, mm-hmm. you know, by causing them stress. I don't want my brides at any point to have to even think about what I'm doing. I want them to sit there, enjoy their mimosa, talk to their bridesmaids, and I can just do my thing. I don't even have to talk if she doesn't want to talk. So that all happens in the trial. You do all the work beforehand and then you just turn up. And not only is your client relaxed, but you are as well. And you do your best work when you are, you know, relaxed. So, you know, it's so important. Plus, you know, I always say too, you have an opportunity to choose your clients. Okay. I feel like we feel pressured that when we, you know, the trial really comes down to, it's about the client choosing you. Okay. I'm going to do a trial with you to see if you're the right fit. But the truth is it's a trial for us too. So, you know, it's good for you to kind of meet the client, get a feel for their personality, you know, and it's okay. If you feel like this isn't going to work, or I don't know if I can do this and make you happy. That's your opportunity to say, here, here's somebody else I think would, you know, be a better fit for you. So it's just so important. And I don't understand how people, mind you, I say I don't understand, but a lot more people are starting to understand how important it is now. So have you had to have that conversation, like actually rejecting a client and how did you go about it? Hmm. Yeah, I have actually. Um, once, twice, multiple times. It wasn't a it wasn't a clean cut sort of situation. Though. It wasn't like, oh, I did your trial and it was okay, but eh, I'm just not feeling it. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> like that. It was just a sort of series of events that happened after the trial and conversations, and it was more that you know I'm very clear with my requirements and the things that I need from my clients, and I uh, understand that sometimes it doesn't always. You know, they're looking for more flexibility on certain things, but I have to be very particular about my schedule and um, because I'm also balancing my personal life as well. And it was just a situation where uh, the communication just got not good. There was a bad vibe and I felt like I'm going to walk into this wedding, even though we sorted everything out, I'm going to walk into this wedding and I don't, she's not going to feel good with me being there. I'm not going to feel good being there. And I said, you know what? I'm sorry. I just, I don't know if this business relationship is going to work. You know, it's please don't take it personally. You know, it's just that I feel like maybe I'm not going to give my best on the wedding day. Just feel a little bit put off by the experience we've had so far. And I sort of released her and I gave her some recommendations and you know what? She was great. I think initially, yeah, I think initially it was like, well, could tell that it was a little bit of a shock for her, but it's all about the, you know, the way you deliver it. And I was really respectful and professional. Um, And I think she understood. I think she realized, okay, yeah, you're right. It's going to be awkward. (laughs) So (laughs) 
<laughs> so Avoid the awkwardness, um, especially on the wedding day, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it wasn't, a, it wasn't a personal thing. It's just, um, I just didn't think, I think I was going to walk in there and I was going to feel like, you know, uh, what, that my work wasn't appreciated or respected and, um, in the way I was hoping it would be. So anyway, yeah, it, it's awkward. It really is. And you've got to have a bit of a thick skin at times too. You don't not have a thick skin in the way that you're not gentle with your approach with people. Cause that's mm-hmm. very important. You must be personable, but I think you've got to learn that no matter how you go about things, sometimes one, you have to stay true to what you've established as how you're going to run your business um and not waver from that unless you know you feel like you know it's, it's a situation where you need to do that but you've got to learn that sometimes no matter what you do people are not going to be happy and you can't take it personally I used to and my husband has been good like that because he's got a real thick skin when it comes to business and he's helped me sort of become a little bit more like oh yeah, well, that sucked I didn't like that but you know what there's a lot of other people out there who appreciate my work or I like working with so I'm good and if you had a deposit you would return the deposit right oh yeah absolutely anytime there's a situation where I've made that decision and they've placed a deposit already Mm -hmm. uh absolutely yeah what does your hubby do um he's in pharmaceutical sales okay yeah definitely need the skin for that one right yeah (laughs) yeah he's in charge of training the a lot of the Canadian reps for the company that he works for okay so yeah. what should the point of the trial be? Like, what is the purpose of the trial? Why do you go through the hassle of making sure everybody has one? All right. Well, the point of the trial is to sit down, obviously get to know the client, um, build a little bit of a relationship because it's usually the first, you know, if they haven't secured you already, they want to do a trial before that. You're meeting them kind of early on. And it's the beginning of your journey together. So you're going to get a really good vibe, you know, or a bad vibe. And you're going to know whether it's going to work, first of all. Uh, second of all, off. Yeah. Second of all, it's important to make sure that you have time to prepare to give them the look that they want. And you can sit down and you can really customize the style that they want um, to make sure that not only you're giving them something that they want, but you're also giving them suggestions and a little bit of you in there as well. Like often my clients will bring a picture of something that they want, but I always make a little suggestion. I'll say, well, how about we do that, but we do it like this or we add this, you know, and you can't really do that on a wedding day because you need the time to be able to gather resources, whether it's extensions or headpieces or things like that. And majority of the time my clients are sort of sent off on a little bit of a shopping (laughs) (laughs) um, venture to find things to add to their look. So no, it's really vital that you do it because that's where your best work is, you know, going to be, it's all about preparation. You I know. love, yeah. And I think I, that, yeah. I love trials because I find a lot of times when I do the trial and then I take a photo, I have the time to recap on it and see what can be changed after. Because sometimes yeah. the client's happy with it, but you're not happy with it. And it gives you the opportunity to change it and tweak it as well for the wedding True. day. True. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so if you were to narrow down just some key pieces of information that you should get from the trial that will make or break the entire wedding for you, like what is something that other artists should be fishing for? Fishing okay. For? Um, so you want to ask them, first of all, questions about their hair. Um, you know, does their hair normally hold curl well? Um, you know, do they find it difficult to get volume out of their hair? Uh, things like that, because even though you might have a knowledge on their hair and feel their hair, 
um, they know best when it comes to their hair's ability to hold curl. And usually people are requesting looks that need to hold up all day. Um, so that's one of the first things you want to make sure that you really establish what the hair will do and what it won't do. Um, and then be honest and say, listen, your hair isn't going to do this. So these are the looks we can do. Um, so very important to be honest about their hair and what it will do and what it won't do. That's the number one thing. Um, the second thing is you really want to get them to show you every element of their wedding, if possible, whether it be their color scheme, the theme, if there's a theme, their wedding dress, of course, any accessories. Usually brides will have a Pinterest board or, you know, a thousand pictures in their phone <laughs> of, of um, everything from their wedding. I always get my girls to pull that up because it tells a story about their vision for their wedding. And then the great thing about that is if they've picked a style that doesn't necessarily work with it, you're able to make a suggestion. You're able to say, you know, yeah, that boho braided updo is beautiful, but you're wearing a very classic princess style gown. You should do this instead. So get your clients to give you as much information as possible about their wedding and their look and their theme. Um, because you know what's great is that you want to stand out as an artist, not just as someone who can just put a hairstyle on someone. And an artist really cares and is intentional about the process. So yes. So number two would be gathering as much information as possible to formulate an idea for their hair. Um, and number three, I'm only giving three. Yeah. Trying to be specific. Because <laughs> uh, I could go on forever. Um, three would be uh, getting an idea of the looks for the rest of the bridal party. You definitely I want to kind of establish something or an idea of what everyone else is going to have. A lot of artists will skip that because I think they see the bride being more of the priority uh, when it comes to time. And that is true, obviously. That's a really and good one, though. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's difficult when you're only given so much time. Um, I do, you know, uh, I do fewer weddings, so then I allow myself more time to, you know, put more energy into each wedding that I do. But I understand for some artists, they're working very fast. They have a lot of clients. They don't necessarily have the time to do that with everybody. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I really believe in the quality over quantity thing. I know I say that all the time, but I really believe it. I think that you know, the best thing is when you can get these professional photos back from a wedding and everyone looks amazing. You know what I mean? And there is this sort of like harmony of looks that is going on, you know, not necessarily everyone having the same style. I mean, I love that, but everybody looking very intentional with their looks. So I, I do sit down with my brides once we've done their look and I say, okay, um, here's what I'm thinking for the bridal party. What do you think of these ideas? And just before their wedding, I always send out my final confirmation and I give them a mood board of ideas so that on the wedding day, the girls pick it up and they have a selection of styles to choose from. It keeps things simple as well. Uh, Cause often you might end up wasting time on the wedding morning with a bridesmaid who's not sure what she wants and she's looking everywhere or she's getting an airdrop picture from someone or she's, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. So if I bring up a board and there's like maybe nine hairstyles on there, a mix of different things, 
it just makes it so much fast and they go oh yeah i really like that one that's good so generally my brides will tell me okay i know this bridesmaid wants a half up this one wants it down i always let them choose the type of hairstyle that they want but then i define the texture and the detail and the theme so that one it looks really good with the bride it doesn't compete with her look or it's not the same as her look um and then it also has this beautiful continuity of looks going on in the bridal party so number three would absolutely be don't forget your bridal party i think that is brilliant so (laughs) so pretty much for the bride you tell them to have a pinterest board ready ahead of time for the trial but for the bridesmaids you pretty much you custom design a pinterest board for each wedding based on the bride's look is that what i'm um yeah i mean i don't even make it that complicated you know i my brides will always have pictures on their phone. They don't even have to have a Pinterest board. Some do, some don't. I find these days most of them are screenshotting things off Instagram and keeping it, you know, they'll have a bridal um, album on their phone. So anything that's really screenshots of stuff is fine. Um, And then with the bridal party, I usually just make a collage of looks. I have an app that I love using and I've always got albums on my iPad of, hair up, half up, and hair down looks that are current. Okay, another really important thing too is if you have hair inspirations to show your clients, update them. (laughs) Like maybe get rid of some of the looks that are from like 10 years ago and start looking around on social media for fresh looks um, and put those in your phone, especially if they're looks you want to do, like create. I do that all the time. I only show my clients styles that I know I can do well and that I like doing. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know... And, um, and then from those pictures that I have already in my phone, I'll create a board and it's very quick, very easy. It really doesn't take any time at all. And then I send that off. So, and it's great. It works so well. And you turn up on the wedding day, there's very little conversation other than just fun. There's no, you know, issues on what are we doing? Do I, did I bring this in my kit? everything flows beautifully and ever since I started doing that I've had the best you know mornings on my my wedding mornings so which is what everyone wants no that's brilliant I love that idea I think a lot of people are going to start implementing that for sure cool what happens if you have a bride who's totally indecisive so you spent an hour and a half two hours on the trial she's looking in the mirror she kind of like she doesn't completely look happy, but she doesn't really know what she wants. She's asking mm-hmm. you to switch a bang piece here or maybe like drop a second half over here. And then you look at the clock and realize, oh my God, it's been three hours. We've tried three different variations of this look. Like, mm-hmm. what do you do then? Do you end it? Do you still try to yeah. please her? I don't usually let my clients leave until we've got something. And that's not necessarily meaning we found it because a lot of the times you know, the few styles that we'll do, we've at least confirmed some of the things we like and some of the things we don't. So I always say to my brides, listen, um, why don't we, you know, why don't you get back to me and let me know what you think, have a look around for some other inspiration, send them my way, I'll give you my opinion. But ultimately they don't leave and I will stay with them for however long I need them to be there until I feel like I've got enough information where I think I can turn up on the wedding day and we'll be okay. Um, If we're in that, like that stage of, Oh, I really don't know. We haven't really found anything. 
Um, I, I usually always focus on the front of the hair. I know that sounds funny. Majority of the time, the back of the hair is pretty easy. I feel like it comes together pretty well. But the front of the hair is always a very personal thing. And I, it always tends to be the one area that people just can't seem to feel 100% on. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, at least with my experience, that, that's what happens. So usually what I do is I ask them, well, how do you style your hair on your face? How do you like it around your face? And I'll spend a little bit more time with them on that. And, um, you know, we'll come to a conclusion. I actually have an album of pictures of just the front of hairstyles. (laughs) (laughs) Because depending on what style is at the back, you could pretty much put any front on any hairstyle. That is so So, smart. Yeah. Well, because a lot of pictures that you find online are the back of the hair. Even my yeah. hairstyles. If you go on my Instagram, all my hairstyles are the back of hair of people's heads. <laughs> or at at most the side. That's about yeah, it. Even maybe then. profile. Yeah. yeah. So you know, a lot of the time, clients won't have pictures of the front, and they all always say, "Oh, I want to see the front." So I find more often than not, if we haven't really found a, a true like yeah we're 100 percent on every aspect of style it's always the front of the hair so i would suggest to artists go online and just screenshot or save pictures of different looks from the front you know maybe some with you know more volume around the face maybe more wispiness um slick back off the face things where clients can visualize what they're going to look like from the front and usually when i've nailed that down we're fine we're good. Um, but I will tell you that it's rare that that happens if you've done all of the detail talking beforehand. I rarely get to the end and it's not what they're looking for because I did all of the discovering beforehand. I did all of the research beforehand when we sat down and I looked at their theme and their, you know, dress and we talked about their hair texture um you know usually when i get to the end it all falls into place because i did the hard work first so if anybody is listening and this is an issue that they're having they need to go back about five minutes ago and re-listen to those three points because that will be Mm -hmm. your your goal right there exactly that's that's actually a really great point try to focus when they're talking to you in the beginning and capture certain keywords that they're using And then, you know, when they get stuck, you can refer back to those and say, okay, remember when you said you really like more volume around the face? That's sort of what we were trying to achieve. And, you know, it sort of refreshes their memory and they realize, because it's very easy to kind of lose track of the vision when you've got so many ideas going on. Definitely. I'm one of those girls that come in with a 20 ideas and I'm just like, okay, wait, can we put these all together? People hate me for that. Yeah. (laughs) So when you go over time, do you charge them extra for that time or do you just take it upon yourself? I do. Um, If it's a situation where I wasn't able to give them, you know, I wasn't able to deliver on what I said I would, then I don't. But if it's, you know, I feel like we've already found what we're looking for and we're okay, but they just want to try something else. Or if I get that sense that they're just taking up my time and we don't need to, then yeah, I do. Um, I do charge them more. And that's something that's really easy to feel out. Like, you know, easily what direction that is. That's true. Yeah. 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 So what if uh, you've done this trial? It's like so different trial. Like you had a successful trial. It's a regular like hour and a half, two hour trial. And you did this beautiful updo. The bride loved it. And on the wedding day, she shows you like 
a down do. Like say it's a boho down <laughs> braid. Do yeah. you convince her into the the look that you originally <laughs> um, did? Or it does happen, and I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> but I get it. I get it because you know what? I am. That is me. I'm the same. I would just be like, mm, you know what? Um. Uh. Yeah. It happens. It happens a lot. And um. But generally, they would have started talking about it beforehand. You know, they would have already mentioned at the trial, mm, I am sort of considering this look. I don't know yet. Maybe we should do a restyle at the reception. Or they'll email me and say, they never really just drop it on me on the day of the wedding. Because I think for most women, or brides especially, they don't like to not be organized, majority mm -hmm. of them. So they want to make sure you're turning up with everything that you need. So, I mean, it is rare that it's literally the wedding day that they've changed the look. I usually get a heads up. It's a little bit more work for me because it's like I have to pack and prepare to suit two different looks that we may need extensions. We may need a filler, you know, um, but no, it happens, you know, and it's okay. Okay. So you deal with it. I deal with it. Client's always yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, so what about brides that are coming in from overseas or they just don't have a trial? Like they're booking you two weeks before the wedding or they're arriving a week before the wedding. They love mm -hmm. you. They love your work, but they don't have time to do a trial. Totally get it. Majority of the time brides that are doing that, um, they are usually pretty easygoing. Okay. And like you said, they're sort of okay. like, you know what? I've seen your work. This is what I want. They'll send me pictures of their hair. I'll, we'll kind of almost do like a virtual trial over the net and that sort of thing. I mean, in that, that situation is very difficult and I have had clients like that, uh, but I just make sure I do lots of, you know, emailing and we converse quite a lot beforehand so that I get a good idea uh, of what we're going to do on the day. And then in some cases too, I'll just tell them if I'm not really sure, um, let's start just a bit earlier so that I can sit down with you and we can have a quick chat. Going yeah. off topic here, if you had to average out how long your email trails are with any individual bride, how long do you think they usually are? Would you say from beginning to end? From beginning to end, from first contact to the wedding. Oh, I know, it's geez. a tricky one. Well, no, see, because some of it's also you got to draft up quotes, then you've got to change All of it counts. Um... <laughs> So per client. On average. Oh, gosh. Or a range. I, I couldn't even count. Yeah. The only ones that stick in my head, like I know there were some that are like 50 and 60, and then there's some that are like 28. And I'm like, are these high? Are these normal? I've always wondered yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I really honestly couldn't give you a very good, you know, answer on that. It's, it's just. All good. There's a lot. I try to, you know what I do? Here's a little tip too. I try to make it very fast as possible by drafting up emails and keeping them in my drafting file of things I know that I'm going to need to ask at some point or confirmation emails on certain things. It's already there. I just have to fill in the, you know, the customized areas, names and stuff like that. That saves me so much time. It's like my draft file is huge. <laughs> I'd love Tave for that. I don't know if you ever heard of Tave. There's other ones like Honeybooks and 17 no. Ads, but Tave is freaking amazing. It's, you can yeah. automate everything. I think I only use like 
10% of the power that it has. And it's already made my life easier. Like all those drafts, into this. Just, like customize it. I'll send you the link afterward, oh, but it's great. Yeah. It's, it takes a lot of struggle to set it up. It might even be better to like hire somebody to set it up for you. But once it's going, everything is one click, everything. And, I love like, that. Payment details, everything is completely automated. All it's, it's amazing. It's so That's good. Great. And I'm barely using it. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> Um, so do you build in the cost of the trial into your bridal package or is it additional fee? It used to be like an additional fee, but because now it's mandatory, it's built into my package. Perfect. Uh, yeah. And now you've been doing hair for years and years and years since you were like 10 years old. Well, okay. Your first co-op position, that means you're a master now, right? So when you go to work, you go to a gig, you don't get stressed out during a style. You don't think twice. Someone shows you a picture, you show up and you can instantly create it, right? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> At weddings, I can. Weddings are like, you know, weddings are relatively easy compared to other gigs, um, to be honest. I learned that like the hard way in the last few years where I sort of got started to explore in the editorial world a little bit more and get experimental with collaborations and things like that. Um, you know, you know, bridal, you get to dictate how much time that you spend on each person and you, you give yourself the time you need. Mm -hmm. Whereas with some other jobs, you know, you think you're going to get this amount of time, but the truth is you don't. And I think my biggest anxiety, um, I, I do hate not being prepared and I hate it not being perfect, especially if it's photographic work. I have serious anxiety because hair is very hard to edit. You literally have, it has to be perfect. And if it's not, I don't want it published. <laughs> I don't want it out there because I don't, I need everything to be perfect. So when you don't, when you're not given enough time, and you turn up to something and I mean, you have to go with the flow. I guess maybe this is something that I've got to grow in. Yeah. Um, if you were to ask me that I've got to learn to let go of some things and not be too ambitious with my plans because I'm like, right, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to change it into this. And then I turn up with all this stuff ready to go. And just the, the flow of the day isn't going that way and you just have to be able to create something very fast yeah so 20 minutes between changes sometimes you're like what 20 minutes yeah. what exactly and I yeah I've done shoots where I'm like I was so looking forward to this this is going to be amazing and none of the looks are what I was looking for and what I wanted to do because we think, didn't have enough time yeah I think every so, artist can relate to that 100 percent yeah so actually bridal gives me less anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what do you do when you do get stressed? Like say you're doing a bridal lex, um, and you do start to get stressed out, like something just isn't working. Like how do you regain your composure? Like what do you do? What's your thought process? <sighs> I think I've got to learn to like, I'm not very good at, um, I mean, I don't freak out or anything, but I, I definitely kind of make it known because I care so much Aww. and people can tell, people can tell when I'm like, you know, oh, it's just not working. And it depends who you're working with. You know, um, good friends with uh, Gassia Laranoff of Blush and Balm, and we did a, a shoot together recently. And I love her because she knows me and she knows the, like, we're both perfectionists when it comes yeah. to what we do. And she totally gets it with me when I will be doing a shoot and I'm just like huffing and puffing and I'm like, it's not working. And she's like, okay. And she's like, calms me down. She's like, why don't we stop? Why don't you just change it? Just change it. 
take your time, we'll change it, you'll be fine. I'm like, yes, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I try to kind of gather my thoughts or if it's just not working, I just take it out and I say, look, I'm sorry. It's just going to look terrible. Give me like 15 minutes. I'll put something together. And then, you know, I go in my phone and I'm looking for alternative options and, you know, but I don't like feeling that way. That's for sure. I like, I really like to walk in and, you know, (laughs) I think everyone would love to walk in and execute a bomb style every single time without any of the anxiety. Right. right? Yeah. But it's great that you just don't stick in a thousand bobby pins and be like, all right, I tried. Here you go. This is it. Yeah. (laughs) Cause I know people would do that as well. Right. They don't want to start over. They just want to just do what they can and not deal with the struggle of it. So are you still practicing? Like, do you still practice during a week? Yeah. Uh, Not recently. I haven't recently. um, I haven't had much time. Well, I did a little bit of practice and prep before the workshop because I wanted to make sure that I could actually do all the styles in the right amount of time. <laughs> um, but as far I've been really wanting to try some new things that I've been like just meditating on, like new styles I found um, inspired by recently, and I just haven't had a chance. I rarely actually get an opportunity to play around with my mannequin and try stuff. Um, except for when my classes are running, usually when the students are recreating looks, sometimes I'll play around and I'll show them different versions. Like you remember in my yeah, class. Yeah, I remember that. You're on the side, you're like, you can also do this or like check out this. Yeah. You, you light up when you do it too. So yeah. you can tell that you really enjoy it. So it's mainly yeah. new styles and timing is what you kind of focus on whenever you get time to practice then, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say that. And then what should a new stylist be focusing on during their practice sessions when they're starting? Um, well, I mean, if there's areas of hairstyling you struggle with, it's always got to be as much as sometimes it can be boring. You really should perfect those in your practice time because you just don't know when a, you know, client is going to ask for that. So do the stuff that's hard. Don't just keep redoing what you know how to do already. Yeah. Which is tempting. You know, it's tempting to try and play around with styles you really want to do. But if there's areas that you haven't perfected, like maybe vintage waves or something that you just have never really been able to do perfectly on a client, do it on a mannequin because you can take your time. You can really start to think more about the process. It's very hard to do that on a client when you've got, you know, 45 minutes. So yeah, those areas that you know, you kind of have anxiety about, that's what you need to practice in your quiet time. Totally makes sense. So I know mm-hmm. I've taken up a ton of your time. Thank you so much That's for chatting okay. with me. This was fun. This was so much fun. I love this. I absolutely adore your work. It's just like, it's bridal, but it has fashion elements to it. I didn't know you competed, okay. but now that you've told me, I see that in your work. And it's always like soft and billowy is the word that you used to look and everything even if it's chic it still it still represents all of that and i love that it's so pretty so let everyone know where they can find you and where they can get some inspo for their pinterest boards okay so you can follow me on instagram um at bridal hair couture by katie and keep an eye out for my new website too it's gonna i mean it's already there but the new one yeah the (laughs) rebranding it'll be in maybe two weeks or so it should be up and running by the time this episode releases the rebrand and the new website will already be up so we'll link that in the show notes as well no it totally will because this is gonna take a couple weeks i'm slow (laughs) i'm slow don't expect this to go up tomorrow (laughs) progress not perfection right that's true thank you so much thank you have a good night love you too take care bye bye (laughs)
That was incredible, right? There are so many keynotes, I cannot even recap them all for you right now, but I have included them in the show notes on the blog. See you next time.